Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. All right, this week on Prime Cuts, John Middlecoff on the dominant Cowboy defense. Former coach Dave Wanstead on the future of Justin Fields in Chicago. Chad Millman, sharp or square in my top takes of the week. I had said this years ago, my only concern about the NFL once they cleaned up the hitting uh, because of the, you know, the CTE, uh, the 900 million or so dollar check the NFL uh, wrote, uh, they cleaned it up. Um, you know, we have concussion concerns, but it's the safest the sport has been in my life. Um, also, the practices, there's less hitting. Uh, fewer players, star players play in the preseason. I think they're going to cut the preseason down to two games. Um, and so... You know, if you generally look at the end of the year, the final four teams, they're overwhelmingly healthy. Uh, very few players are lost for the season, though it happens. Uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys at practice. That's just a gutting loss for Dallas. But as a sport becomes um, more quarterback-centric, um, you're going to have these wider gaps in point spreads. But, I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about this today driving home from work is that, you know, the NFL has certain advantages on other sports. Let's take baseball. Well, there's 162 baseball games, 17 football games. So there's always been an urgency advantage to the NFL. Um, but as we're a more distracted country, why has the gap in baseball and football, the ratings and interest, um, why is it so great now? And I think a, a lot of it is, and I've noticed this in terms of um, – consumption. People tend to read headlines. They don't read entire stories. Uh, we're less patient because of our iPhones. We want things immediately. Uh, we want big headlines, big stars, big brands, and people just don't have the patience. And you have to have patience to watch baseball. And I think we're a less patient nation. But I also think uh, the reality is the NFL has always thought of itself as a football show uh, and a TV show. And baseball, I'll give you an example. You know, in analytics, if you can get a 2%, 3% edge in baseball, you just do it. You don't think about 
how it hurts the TV product, uh, that it takes a star pitcher out of a game. Can you imagine in the NFL if you had a 1% advantage um, over the course of a year in getting two more first downs per game and half a point um, a game over the season if it was determined that you pull your starting quarterback with five minutes to go in the third quarter, that you'd on the season average one and a half more first downs a game and half a point. You'd say to yourself, oh, you would do it. No, you wouldn't in football. Part of the drama and the fun in football and part of what's been lost in baseball. In baseball, you go to the bullpen. If the analytics say pull the starter, it doesn't matter if he's pitching well, it's six and a third, it's arm fatigue, he's out. And in football, um, you just play a star quarterback even if he's struggling, right? You just do. And I think the sport of football, you know, tonight's a prime example of, of you know, you had a mismatch. Giants are a lot, a lot of injuries to deal with, beat up a little bit. This was not your classic star quarterback, average quarterback. Uh, San Francisco is really the only team in the league that is a Super Bowl contender and doesn't have what's considered like a high-end quarterback. But, you know, as I was thinking about this today is I watched this game until the very end tonight. Why? It wasn't competitive. And I think a lot of it is you play your stars, you play your starters. If they're healthy, they play. Um, you don't pull them out because of analytics. You don't pull them out because of weather. Uh, you don't rest people just because. Um, you know, you watch this game tonight, and Christian McCaffrey is running that football in the fourth quarter, and you know over the course of a season he doesn't need those extra six, seven carries, and Debo Samuel's getting hammered, and George Kittle is getting hammered until the very end. And I think, like, the NFL, even though this was a 10.5-point spread, it really never felt in the second half like it was going to be competitive. You're just waiting to see if the, the 49ers hold on and cover, uh, uh, right? But I think one of the great things about football is not only the urgency, but it is a great television show. And the stars play beginning, middle, end. Doesn't matter how much you lead by. Kittle's getting the ball. Debo's getting the ball. McCaffrey's getting the ball. Brock Purdy's going to stay in the game. And uh, I find it to be just a really good television product. That's not to say that baseball uh, doesn't have its moments, but you pull starting pitchers because of pitch counts, even if they're pitching well. And tonight is like the power of the NFL to me. Not really competitive, 10 and a half point spread. Uh, I mean, at halftime, it felt like, I mean, the Giants could not run the football. Daniel Jones trailing uh, without one of his better young receivers, either available or playing many snaps, no chance to win that game. But it held me, um, and and that's the power of football. As far as the Pittsburgh Steelers, they won a game with nine first downs. Uh, I don't know how long Matt Canada is going to get in Pittsburgh. I don't get it. Five years, the offensive line still uh, suboptimal. The run game's hit and miss. Uh, I, I don't see clever but Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, they're all about continuity and loyalty. So Matt Canada retains employment. I just don't see it. When you watch the Rams and McVay and the Niners and Kyle Shanahan and the Dolphins, uh, where they spend their money, uh, uh, the coaching, the schematics, the adaptability, they're just playing a different game than the Steelers. They won a game. Uh, it, it never breaks my heart when Deshaun Watson, who I think the creepy guy, uh, loses a football game. I just don't think he's I think you take a year and a half to two years off in the NFL. I mean, you can make it as a coach. I don't think you can do it as a quarterback. I just don't think he's that good. I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback in the league. I never loved 
how he threw a football. He was a playmaker in his best years. But uh, we've had so many young quarterbacks get drafted in the last three years and emerge in the last year or two. I just don't consider Deshaun Watson an elite quarterback. Uh, you know, he probably should have gotten the benefit of a pass interference call on that one that sailed out of bounds. You're on the road, you don't get the call. But the Steelers won with nine first downs and being dominated in time of possession. You're not supposed to win that game if you're a star quarterback and you're Deshaun Watson. Uh, Nick Chubb injury is um, gross. Uh, I, I saw the video once. That was enough. I don't want to see it again. But, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, one and one. They find ways to win. Um, but I just, I feel like they're playing a different game. They feel very much like New England with better players. I just don't think there's much of a ceiling offensively. And if you don't have home run plays, if you're not creative and clever and adaptable, I just don't think you can, you can get to conference championships or beyond. The Broncos and Russell Wilson and Sean Payton's 35-33 loss to the Commanders. But I had said this before, I didn't think Russell played particularly well. 18 of 32, 300 yards, had a really, really bad pick. He does not have the juice he had previously. Um, and I thought there were large portions of the game that Sam Howell was much uh, more mobile, much more of a playmaker, and was frankly better from the pocket. Uh, and Sam Howell's not as good as Russell Wilson. Shouldn't be. Also, Russell Wilson has Sean Payton, a coaching edge. Uh, and I said this before, is you don't have to be best friends with your coach. You don't have to be. Uh, Belichick and Brady didn't have dinner for 20 years. But there were a lot of things they did have in common. Both were driven, aspirational, no-nonsense adults. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have the opposite personality. One is uh, harsh, authentic, uh, to the point, doesn't beat around the bush, doesn't care about being polished, uh, and, and is willing to be intense vocally. And then there's Russell Wilson, who was polished, optimistic, refined. And, and by the way, it's okay for a quarterback to be more optimistic than pessimistic because people make mistakes. You play with young guys. You want Brady to try to be optimistic. But uh, sometimes optimism can veer away from realism. And so in order for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton to work, they have to win games. You can't go 0-2 to start the season, both games in Denver. You can't lose to Sam Howell and Ron Rivera as a favorite. You can't lose back-to-back -back games as a favorite against the Raiders and the Commanders. And so this relationship only works because the personalities are so different. It only works if they win these close games and they're 0-2. The very first day he had the opportunity, he did. Sean Payton acquired Jarrett Stidham for a pretty healthy backup quarterback salary, which told you when he got to Denver, the first thing he did was look at Russell Wilson film. How do I know? Because he told me that was the first thing he was going to do. He was going to look at all his plays. What does he do well? What doesn't he do well? Let's avoid the latter. Let's go toward the former. Uh, so he obviously saw stuff on film where he wanted somebody who could sit in the pocket and make throws. Remember, in New Orleans, once Drew Brees got older, they had Taysom Hill, they had Jameis Winston, they had Teddy Bridgewater. He was cycling people through as Drew Brees he's aged. Well, Russell Wilson is 34 and he looks like he's 39. He just simply does not move as well as he did four years ago. I don't know if some of it's confidence, emotional, no major surgeries, 34. He plays much, much older than his age. Brady obviously played much younger than his age. Uh, Aaron Rodgers largely plays younger pre-injury than his age, but this thing doesn't work. And, um, you know, again, the Hail Mary makes this game look more competitive. 
very early on, Denver's scripted plays had some success. That's Sean Payton doing the work. But when you get to late first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, early fourth, that's that's quarterback play. That's pre-snap. That's you, quarterback, line of scrimmage. Um, quarterbacks I don't even like. Daniel Jones had very, very good fourth quarter, late third quarters today just on athleticism and some some big time throws. So I think this, I think they're headed for major turbulence in Denver. Uh, next year, starting next year for five years, this is a massively punitive contract to the Broncos with a coach and a quarterback with completely different personalities. And I, I think there's nothing wrong with being optimistic, but I think it gets frustrating when somebody's really optimistic and there's obvious problems. I mean, I like optimistic people. I don't like negative people. But, you know, if the walls are caving in, you know, we're in the middle of an earthquake. I don't want optimism. I want to figure out a way to get safe and clean the house up. And so I, I think we're looking at a situation here in Denver. This is only going to get worse. The schedule's only going to get tougher. Now they go on the road. And again, if you watch the game, and I did, once they got off scripted plays, second, third quarter, fourth, I thought Sam Howell played more confidently. Really, really hard to figure out. Never seen a quarterback have it, lose it without a major injury. Pre-35 years old. Never seen it. I have no comp. Well, 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 here we are again. It's like a repeat of last week. So Brandon Staley's defense could not stop Ryan Tannehill the last time he had the ball in the fourth, nor could they stop Ryan Tannehill in his big possession in overtime. Ryan Tannehill with an offense that's searching for a second receiver. Um, you can blame Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert has averaged more points in his first three years starting than any quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, John Elway in league history. It's not an offensive problem. That's not the problem. Brandon Staley and Brian Dable interviewed for the Chargers job. Brian Dable is who I would have hired. Staley was cheaper. And he was on the Rams staff and perhaps the Spanos family felt like, you know, we can pluck him away and slow down the momentum of the Rams. Maybe that's what they were thinking. But Brandon Staley had much less experience in football. Um, so much of the Rams success is centered around Sean McVay. You have to be careful about plucking people from his staff. Uh, we know that Dayball uh, resurrected Josh Allen and got Daniel Jones to the playoffs. I just think they hired the wrong coach. Um I watched this defense, Bosa, Derwin James, JC Jackson, uh, they've drafted well. They could probably use another interior defensive lineman, but by and large, this is a this is an experienced defense that brought back almost all their starters. Like they're a team that shouldn't be fooled or out of sync like they were against Miami. Okay, it's Miami. But again, the last two big possessions by Tennessee. Tennessee can't get a stop. So uh, the Spanos family's never paid a lot of money for coaches, so they're not going to run them in season. Plus, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, the athletic, the subscription um, sports writer model, which now is owned by the New York Times, uh, there's a great, I think they do a really good job covering the NFL. I think the individual team writers are fantastic. The Chargers individual writer uh, this week uh, kind of looked back at the Miami game and 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 picked it apart on uh, some confusion in the secondary. And his primary issue was, these guys are all returning. How can they make so many mistakes on third and long and in coverages? You can see it on television. 
they just can't make big stops. So, you know, it, it was interesting. I was talking to Chad Millman this week. Uh, he comes on for Sharper Square and he said, this is a major coaching mismatch, which is why, by the way, I, I thought Denver would win today. I thought it was a coaching mismatch. Um, but Brandon Staley, I mean, you're that front office right now, the Spanos is Tom Telesco, the GM. I can assure you they're not happy. And I do believe one of the reasons they brought Kellen Moore over, not only did they feel it was an upgrade, but they were concerned on what they saw in the first two years of Brandon Staley's defense. And my guess is Kellen Moore, I don't know if it would happen at the end of the season or Thanksgiving. This team is just simply too talented to be 0-2. There's too many good players on this roster. There's almost no holes. I've been reluctant for years to embrace the Chargers. This is the year I finally did. It's just inexcusable. There's too many good players, too many returning starters. They're young, just a sprinkle of the right veterans. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, just, just enough veteran presence. Got to be better than this. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. 
a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, John Middlecoff. I think Dallas... You know, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in this league. There's about six great ones and another six good ones. Anybody that's not on that list is not beating Dallas this year. Now, Jalen Hurts can. Daniel Jones can't. He can't beat him. Uh, Sam Sam Howell can't beat him. Zach Wilson can't beat him. I mean, I look at Dallas and I go up and down their schedule. And the way I look at that defense, John, is there's about six quarterbacks in this league that can beat him and another four or five that if they get protection, you know, it'll be a close game. I think Dallas's defense is going to win them 12 games. I, I think Dak is not the story. Um, is Micah Parsons the best defensive player in the league? Well, he, he had a play today on, I think, his first sack. He was at full speed and half a step on a little stunt. It's like, what are you supposed to do with this? <laughs> I, 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 I was way too young to really remember, you know, watch LT's prime, but that has to be some of what it looked like. The speed, the violence, the closing ability how you can move them around like a chess piece. I thought this last year in the second round, they went toe-to-toe with the Niners, who are clearly, if not the most, but right there now with Dallas, the most physical team. I mean, they, they are violent on defense. And the Cowboys were ready to win a championship on defense. But Dak threw the two picks, and that the game was tight. Purdy didn't play that well because it's hard against the Cowboys. This defense feels even a little bit better. Maybe Micah's 5% better. All the guys have played together a little longer. They kept Dan Quinn. I'm with you. I picked Dallas to win the East at the beginning of the year, not because I don't think highly of the Eagles. I think both of them are 13, 14 win teams, but I've seen what the Niners do separating with an elite defense and an elite pass rush. It, it just takes over. I mean, Zach Wilson, listen, has he improved? Who knows? Like I, You weren't going to find much out this week. Probably have a better idea next week when he's playing Belichick, but that, that team, I'm telling you, if they just need to get the four-game stretch, if they stay healthy, like Eli got, like Joe Flacco got, where Dak is just under control. They don't need the wild card game where he throws five touchdowns every week. Can he just play a couple game stretch where he's not throwing the ball to the other team and they can win a Super Bowl? Because that's how good the defense is. The same with the Niners. The Niners could have won several Super Bowls. Their defense was right there. Jimmy just let him down a couple times. Well, look at this. So here are the quarterbacks the Cowboys face. Dobbs, Arizona. Win. He can't beat him. <laughs> no. Mac Jones, Patriots with no number one receiver win. Now, Brock Purdy's got a shot because of his personnel. Herbert, okay. Stafford, I don't think they have enough weapons. Cooper Cup is back. It'll be interesting. Jalen Hurts, yes. Then Daniel Jones, Bryce Young, Sam Howell, Geno Smith. I mean, they're... They're going to they're the win a lot of, the, of games. They're going to win a lot of games. But they got three yeah, games. You know, if they if they somehow split with the Eagles and that Niner game on Sunday Night Football, I think it's going to be a coin flip game. If they can somehow go two and three, you're looking at the number one seed, right? And if they go one and three, you're maybe looking at the wild card, right? So it's going to, and I think all these games, the Niners play the Eagles. Obviously, the Niners play the Cowboys, and the Eagles play the Cowboys twice. 
you know, it's these games are going to come down to a fumble here who doesn't throw a pick, and it's going to decide because all three have number one seed talent, right? I, I think right. clearly the Niners have the most established head coach right now in terms he's the play caller also. McCarthy, say this, when you have that good of a defense, it hardens your team because you practice against it. And now this team, so the, right. the Cowboys to me just look a little bit better than they did last year, and they were pretty good last year. And the Eagles, you and I talked about this, anytime you change, if we got, we went to the store and got a set of ingredients, you know, 2X, I cook a meal and, you know, Gordon Ramsay cooks the meal, even though it's the same ingredients, the meal is going to taste different. So just because the players return, new coordinator, it doesn't look the same. Right. Yeah. And I also think Dan Quinn, they'll be, smart. they'll be fine, but yeah, no, I, Dallas is, uh, I have, I hadn't as a playoff team. I also think, um, Philadelphia, uh, we can circle back to Thursday. Philadelphia is pulled back. They don't, they don't know quite what they are. And it's interesting because, um, you know, they have a power running quarterback and they signed into a big contract. And it's like when Russell Wilson signed his big deal, he didn't want to run anymore. And then Jalen Hurt signs his big deal. And my takeaway is if he plays only four more years, that's worth the contract. He's a power running quarterback. Lean into what he is. It's almost like some of these guys that run around when they sign the big contracts, they think, okay, that's for a pocket quarterback. I missed on Hurts. I thought he was, I didn't like him in college, but I said, hell, if he can't play quarterback, he could just transition to become a running back. He, his instincts as a runner are elite. What do you do right yeah. away when he came in the NFL? He was a dynamic runner. Well, now it feels like clearly they've told him, be careful. Last year, you hurt your shoulder. Lamar today is running around like it's 2019. I know. Hurts is kind of feeling his way out. Yeah. It's like Jalen either, and they call some quarterback powers. Well, if you're going to tell him he can't run fast, don't call those plays anymore. But that's a huge element of why he's a $50 million player. So now they're kind of caught in no yep. man's land. Yep. He's thinking he's not running as fast. He's never going to be... He's more of a rhythm player, kind of yeah. like Russell was in his yeah. peak. He's not just going to sit back and throw 40 times and go yeah. 37 of 40. That's not his style. It's blended in with the runs, like Lamar, and he can outplay Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But when you take away one of those elements, new play caller who's clearly not as good as Shane Steichen, it's just, it just it looks a little weird. Let's bring in Dave Wanstatt, former Bear and Dolphin coach. Um, you know, I came into the season and I said, I think I'm kind of 55-45, 60-40, Justin Fields will work. I thought DJ Moore was a huge get for them, and he's been kind of their receiving core. But Dave, I just don't think he sees the field well. He reminds me a lot of Zach Wilson. He's got a good arm, he moves well, and he just doesn't anticipate the play. I think Justin Fields, I mean, I watched him on a lot of, different views, almost like drone footage or behind him. There's wide open guys everywhere. He has time on certain plays. Do you yeah. think in the, you know, you know this, the GM and the head coach can say, we didn't draft him. He's not our guy. And next year there's six to seven first round quarterbacks. The Bears could have two top six or seven picks. Coach, I think it's really hard if he ends up, I mean, he's five and 22. If he goes seven and 10, six and 11. Yeah. They're not sticking with him in Chicago. There's no way. No, they have two number one picks next year, as we know. Theirs and the the, the Panthers with the trade. Right. Carolina. So they're gonna they're gonna be uh they could have two ten top picks. I mean, maybe yep. two five, top five. <laughs> Who knows the way this thing's un unraveling. But uh, you know, the whole plan here, and I'm close to all those guys, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, I'm up there all the time, OTAs training camp and the blueprint was the philadelphia eagles 
you know, two years ago, we, people were uncertain of Jalen Hurts. That's when they went and got A.J. Brown. Uh, that's, that's when they kind of changed their philosophy and they buried Don. It's going to be a, a quarterback OT, you know, quarterback run pass option offense that Jalen Hurts can execute to a high level. Uh, well, the difference is, so that's so they go out and they get DJ Brown here. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, the problem is Philadelphia Eagles got one of the best offensive lines. And last year they led the NFL in sacks. The Bears can't, but they, the, the strong safety was the leading sacker for the Bears last year. And you saw them against Baker Mayfield, even when they got in there, their defense couldn't get Baker on the ground. I mean, he, they, so, so, they make no plays on defense now. So my my point is this, that Justin Fields, uh, yes, he, he, he did have time. He held the ball for once I was timing him over three seconds. One time it was four seconds. One time five seconds. And he's trying to be not a running quarterback. Last year he right. leads the league in rushing, Colin, and there was an outcry. We can't win a Super Bowl that way. He's got to throw it. And I'm afraid to say, I think my, you know, I think Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, fell into the same trap as Justin did. Okay, we're go- they they had one quarterback run in the opening game. It was a quarterback sneak. That was it. That was the only call to, and, and they were averaging about ten or twelve a game last year. I thought it was too many, but but they were moving the ball and 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 the offense was generating a rhythm. That's all gone in this game. The opening drive, the second week against Tampa, they have the run pass option on the rollout. Justin keeps it, runs it in. DJ Moore was open for a pass across the middle. Never saw it again. They go back to the drop back. They're kind of running. You know, Luke Getze came from Green Bay, and it almost looks like a Green Bay Packer type of offense, and we can't do that. Uh, They've got to abandon that, their only chance, and go back to the run, quarterback run option. Yeah, and hope that their defense gets better. Otherwise, this kid's got no chance. No you know, chance. Listen, it's like right now the Philadelphia Eagles are a good team that doesn't have an identity, and they they won't embrace that Jalen Hurts is a power running quarterback. That's what he is. Baltimore, to their credit, is allowing Lamar Jackson to be Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson last year in Denver stopped running. Kyler Murray doesn't want to run. To me, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, or baseball. Lean into what you do. And I, I look at this. I, when I watch Justin Fields, listen, it's Zach Wilson. He's got some gifts. Yeah, you can't, but he's a big, strong kid who moves I mean, you well. Can't, you can't and talk I, I, guy. Yeah. This, what's happening now is he's dropping back. If he doesn't like his throw, rather than running and making something positive, DJ Moore twice was open, yeah. clapping his hands during the game trying to get his attention to throw him the ball. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, I, I, their only chance is to go back to what they did last year and, and turn him loose, get him on the move, and in passing situations, hope that he has improved. Now, their offensive line might be worse than last year. The draft pick is a player. Darnell Wright, the right tackle. But the right guard, the right guard, they're in their third right guard. Yeah. Nate Davis, they signed him. He don't practice. Then he had personal reasons. I think it was a family thing. So they started a guy they drafted in the seventh round last year. He never played. Uh, Lucas Patrick, the center, he he didn't pr- take one snap in a preseason. He's starting at center. 
the, the offensive line too is 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 struggling bad. And so again, by the I, way, another you know, another defensive coach, Sean McDermott, uh, Mike Tomlin, um, Matt Eberflus, struggling with the O line. Do you know in Week One? 10 of the 11 top-rated O-lines were offensive coaches. Andy Reid fixed his in an offseason. Sean McVay this year fixed his in an offseason. I think we have to be honest. Defensive coaches can fix D-lines quickly. Offensive coaches can fix O-lines quickly. How many years in a row can the Bears, two, three years in a row, they can't get the offensive line right? And by the way, they've used a lot of draft capital and money on it. They've drafted a lot of offensive linemen. Yeah, no, they have, Um, yeah. I, I just, I think. No, it's uh, yeah. their first round pick this year. Darnell right out of Tennessee. He's going to be a player. But from there, they, they've got some guys that need to develop and they've got some older guys now. It's not, um, uh, it's not conducive to giving your quarterback a lot of time and having him sit back there and be able to read the field. So uh, it, they, they can't, they, they can't do what they're doing now. They got to go back to the run offense, abandon this. Hope their defense comes up with a few plays. You know, we get no help from our defense in Chicago because, you know, the ball's on the ground. We don't do it and get it against Tampa. We had chances for interceptions. We don't get them. So the offense never gets a short field. You know, they never get a, a, a – it's always drive 80 yards to score a touchdown. And that, that doesn't happen in the NFL. The Volume. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.